Not the Chuddle. Chuddle. Surprise. Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. Fuck good. If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. What's up, Chuddle Club members? It's your boys. Back with another blasphemous episode of the Chuddle the Pod Horror Movie Club. <laughs> on this episode, we're going to chuddle Antichrist. Oh, yeah. yeah, blasphemous. Now you get it. Yuck. I get it. because this whole thing's disgusting. Uh, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, welcome. I hope you have fun. I hope you have a great time. We're going to not spoil it up front, and then we'll get to spoilers. And... We'll talk through the whole movie, so if you don't want to have to watch this, which I want to blame you, but you're interested in what happens, stick around after the spoiler bit. Otherwise, just stay up front. You get it. We also have patrons. Mm-hmm. Are we shout? We yeah, we, we have do. two new ones. Yeah, we're right? doing it. Oh. We do what? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, did we decide their names? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Erica, the Witch of America. Yep, you know it. Shout out, Erica, the Witch of America. Your sacrifice gives us life, and we thank your beautiful soul. Thank you. And then we have Stephen, the Witch Demon. (laughs) Your sacrifice gives us life, and we thank your beautiful soul. Thank you. Oh, we thank your soul. And thank you to all our previous Coven Goodies. members. Oh, what do you get when you're a patron? You get extra episodes. Absolutely. What? We do non-horror movies. We do mailbags. We do a little bit of stuff from our old segments where Brian did like creepy pastas and I did gnarly history stuff. You'll get, uh, what else do you get? Uh, the fights, the verses we do where all the villains from our movies pair up and fight each other. Shuttle battles. All sorts of fun stuff. Plus, you get in uh, special Discord channels. You get voting rights on what movies we do, depending on what tier you're in. You get to suggest things. This will be as good a time as any to announce a new suggestion perk for all our Supreme Chuddlers. Mm -hmm. Is that every three cycles, you will have a chance to vote on the theme for the cycle. And we will all pick our movies based on that Mm. theme. Um, And the patron suggestion will also need to fit that theme as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, We're going to keep franchises going, but obviously that'll be a little hard to keep all together. But so that is what's going on there. Now that we've wrapped all that up, I think it's time to, I guess, get it over with. And I'll, uh, every good club meeting starts with attendance. My name is Sam, and I am certainly here. I'd like to throw it over to my man, Ross. Are you here, dude? Oh, hey, I am. And thank you for oh. having me. Oh, thank you for being here. My guy, Brian. Sup? Sup? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you dropping the huh? Maybe, huh. I'll, maybe I'll steal huh. Man. That was a good one. All right. Now that everybody is present and accounted for, it's time to crack open that goo book and officially begin tonight's meeting. Give me that goo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our first order of business is, of course, our spoiler-free teaser, starting with a, a spoiler-free synopsis and the tagline. Synopsis. Spoiler-free. A grieving couple retreat to their cabin in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage but nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse fucking nature man sure sure yeah sure does sure 
Oh, that's sure does. With nature, because the tagline, when nature turns evil, true terror awaits. Okay. Cool. Kind of. Yeah. Doesn't sound so bad so far. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to lull you into a false sense of security. All right. Antichrist is written and directed by Lars Van Vaughn. Is it Trier? Or Trier? Trier, right? Lars Von Trier. Mm-hmm. This asshole. I've seen one of his movies before. I had seen, uh, what is it, Dancer in the Dark? Mm-hmm. With the uh, the Bjork movie, yeah, okay, and from two thousand, which I saw in high school, and it was like, all right, well, this is weird, but I didn't really have much opinion on of it, and that's all I'd seen of his. That is all I've seen of his. And then we got Willem Dafoe as he and Charlotte Gainsbourg, Gainsbourg as she. And Storm H.H. Salastrom as Nick, who's their little toddler son in the film. Mm. And that's it. That's the whole cast. And it's really mostly uh, he and she, Willem and Charlotte. Yes. Obviously, we know Willem Dafoe from a bunch of shit. Uh, uh, he's Green Goblin. Uh, what what the, the one where he's Nosferatu. Um, mm, Shadow of <laughs> the Vampire. Yeah. Boondog Saints. Amazing. William Dafoe is great. Goggles. Oh yeah, love love Willem. Who doesn't love a good Willem? And then Charlotte, I don't know. Do I know her from anything else? I know she's done more of this guy's movies, but she's done. Um, man, I feel like she was in the was the Science of Sleep. I don't know that that Hedy movie. I could be absolutely wrong on that. Seems one. right, and that pretty much covers it for who who done did it. So I would say most of the blame falls on. Lars. <laughs> hey, Brian, what time is it? It's time for the Fatality. Now, I'm sorry. Real quick, because I just had to fact check this. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. D- did you know his real name is William? I think I had heard and that he changed before. It, and it goes by Willem. Yes. So that's the kind of guy he is. Yes, Whoa. I think I'd heard that. <laughs> He's a Willem. It was William. And everyone and, and people always call him William Defoe. He's like, no, it's Willem. <laughs> but it is William. <laughs> but it's Willem. <laughs> I love it. It's the, uh, uh, the the L is silent. He's like, look, I'm cultivating a whole weird thing here. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Come on. Call me Willem. Oh, man, Willem Defoe would be a cool impression to get. I should have worked on that first. Damn it. Don't want to work it out now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, be an experience for everyone. Get it together. Breathe. Peter Five. Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker. All right. Get me spike. No, that's why I'm, I'm like trying to change Jameson. Jameson. Yeah. All right. Uh, gore meter one to Sorry. ten. Psycho to the sadness. Yep. How gory is this film? One to five for consistency. One to five for intensity for your overall gore score. I'll go ahead and go first because I'm. I have Go mine, first. but I want to see where you guys are at because I feel like mine could be swayed. Uh, I'm going 0.5 for consistency, but a 5 for intensity, so a 5.5 overall. Because I feel like overall there's maybe like 30 seconds of gore in this movie, maybe a minute, but it's I intense feel, enough. I, mean, I feel there's more than that in it. I mean, Mine was at about a 6 to a 6.5. Because it's a five for intensity. Absolutely. And then I had mine at like a one to a 1.5 for consistency. As in, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess there's some, 
yeah, I guess there's some animal stuff that I didn't fully think about when making my score. I was more thinking human only. Human? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, there's no, some animal goo goo. So I guess I can bump it up to a six. I'd say a six. Yeah. I think that's fine for me, too. Oh, so it's a six, six, six? Yeah. The Antichrist <laughs> coming through. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I like that that happened organically. So does the devil. It, naturally. 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 Oh, nature is evil. Fuck. Is this movie good? <laughs> this <is> great. <laughs> Best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Sorry to be giving away how I feel about this already, but who knows? Maybe I'll change by the, by the time we get to ratings. You won't. Spoiler alert. I'm not a fan. All right. Who is the horror former? Starting with our subgenres. What subgenres does this movie fall into? Art house. Um, yeah, <laughs> art house straight up. This major. is biggest mm-hmm. glaring one is art house. Um, I would venture into saying Psychological. like a Satan or Satanism film, but it's not, I don't know. It's like, it's like a Satan films cousin. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't sort of religious-y. I mean, there, there's definitely all, all that in there. There's he and she and Eden. It's a very, yes, yeah, it's, it's a character piece. It's a like very focused on obviously three individuals. Art house, art house, metaphorical and symbolic. It's it's not going to be anything traditional. It's almost slow. You got to like slow. I would say slow burns, but I I don't know if there's a burn in there. (laughs) No, no, literally slow. There's a lot of slow down. Slow, (laughs) very slow. Um, I would almost clump this in with um, clump it, dude. because well no because I feel it's a trauma movie as in like this deals with grief and really it's a grief movie a trauma movie as in like this kind of goes it worms its way into uh, we'll get into it but guess that that is certainly a theme that arises in it but I feel like it maybe explores it but it's not really trying to say anything about 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 it in my opinion like it's just yeah I hear where you're coming from, and I think it would like to be. I just don't know if it succeeded mm. in that for me. Uh, is it fun or frightful? You want to watch this with a bunch of people making jokes? I, <laughs> I mean, personally, I'll, I will never watch this again, so I don't know how to watch it, but it, it's not... I mean, maybe it is making jokes with friends. Maybe that's the only way to I get think, through it. I think it's intended to be obviously be, serious. At some point, it'd We're going to buy it during the Final Destination tour bus Absolutely. tour. We are. Absolutely. Slash Antichrist um, bus tour. But this, you know, this one kind of knocks at the door that it is so <laughs> over the top that I feel that some of our shuttleheads may actually find it so over the top it's humorous. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't it's bonkers. I don't know. It's bonkers. Totally nuts. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is a... It, it's a lot, but it, and also though, I don't want to overload it. It's not like that crazy. It's very subtly bonkers because it's art house. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I said, it's slow. So as bonkers as it is, it is, it's like mm. a snoozer. So because yeah, it's, as I'll say, it's yeah, complex. That's, that's a good caveat to throw on it because this movie's been talked up so much as like ominously, just like not not really knowing much about it but like oh my Martyrs, god there's so I've much known to this it is a really hard movie to w- right. watch so what i'd heard about it maybe i was expecting more than what i got so you don't have to expect a lot of very in- intense things all the time but it's it's stuff 
Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Just mm-hmm. fucking listen to our shit if you're curious about this at all. We'll we'll get you through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and last, is it for beginners? No, don't. <laughs> Fuck don't, no. No. Don't. Don't. <laughs> no. no. This is like... This is for film nerds. Uh, this is for film nerds. This is like acquired taste viewing, as in like, I think when you start getting... Once you've depleted a lot of normal horror movies <laughs> you start kind of like yeah. tickling your way to the fringe ones and i feel like Absolutely. this would be like if you've if gotten your main course of horror for you to enjoy this then Sorry. you're probably at least watch this once because it is in a it's it, it's a notorious movie at this point so like yes if you are if you want to consider your i'm glad that i have seen it same with martyrs there's other the ones that i'm now. not looking yeah. forward to doing that i'll mm. do eventually just to get it under the belt as like there's a, some that I won't so I'll leave that there <laughs> I think there's some I won't mm-hmm. but I don't know but I just don't care to what yeah I don't want to either <laughs> uh, what point was I I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> this is not for beginners right no not even yeah close. not for beginners never moderately seasoned at best oh this is for film nerds and edgelords that's what I was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> perf all right I think I hear some wings flapping. Hold on, let me get the window. Oh, thank God. There was enough violence to animals uh, in what's going to happen. Yes, the Mothman, those wings were very quiet. They were very quiet. He he just kind of glided in. Um, There is quite a few. There is, uh, uh, we've got, what, child death, uh, sexual violence, um, mm-hmm. gratuitous you know, sexual, like, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's, I don't know. Real quick. I'll say, okay. I'll say this real quick. Spoiler. We, I think the trigger warning here, can we skip ahead 30 seconds to, I don't know. Cause I think well, the spoiler zones next. So let's just, let's just jump into the spoiler zone and then say this part. Yeah, because I let's think go it's ahead and go ahead important. and let's, let, <laughs> yes. let's build roads to go places. Yes. Genital mutilation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Ge- yes. Those are my notes: child death and genital mutilation. Yes, like, and there yeah, are yeah. huge plot points, male too, and female. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you're at all whatever curious, that's why violence and ideology it. to violence towards women, um, genital mutilation and child death. I think are probably the the the, the tripod <laughs> trauma. The tripod. Gonna... You got the tripod of trauma, <laughs> trauma right there. On this one, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Those are the fucking those are the those are the heavy hitters on this one. They dive real deep into them. If you don't like, if you have like a thing for acorns on the roof, if you, this is also not for you. Oh, whoa, yeah. absolutely heavy acorns in this. Oh, I guess a sprinkling of light animal death. I mean, it's not real animal death. Yeah, you kind of, I think you got to mention it, but yeah, there's definitely animal. There's that yeah mutilation, mutilation stuff, death of and sorts, yeah, feed and like, stuff. For sure. A bunch of bird get bashed a whole bunch, but it doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> That's true. And, and the, the deer and the fox, all yeah, yeah okay, all of those animals. All right, IMDb behind the scenes. I actually got a fair amount of these, and I don't think I really worked any of them into the notes just because of how it shook out. Um, the title was the first thing written for the film. That's all you need to know. He was like, Antichrist, now I'll make more of my art from there. That's how I imagine it. 
<laughs> Antichrist was originally scheduled for production in 2005, but an executive producer accidentally revealed the planned ending that would revealed Satan created the world, not God. Lars von Trier was furious and decided to delay the shoot so he would rewrite the script. Oh, damn this it. This is the first part of the trilogy of depression. This trilogy of depression also includes Melancholia and Nymphomaniac Volume 1 and Nymphomaniac Volume 2. Yeah, yep. Real Sh- depressing. Charlotte Gainsbourg, Gaines, I don't know how she in the movie, wasn't the first choice for the main part, but since has played the lead role in each chapter of the depression trilogy. Mm-hmm. When the filming started, Lars von Trier had just left a mental hospital where he stayed for two months receiving treatment for depression. He had not completely recovered at the time and was even unable to operate the camera as he usually does, which made him very frustrated. He repeatedly excused himself to the actors for being in the mental condition he was, but according to him, the actors supported him throughout the production and he did not experience any big problems other than getting in his own way mm-hmm. with this condition, which uh, fucking makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> it's like giving someone, someone who is like technically skilled, uh, like go make a movie. Oh yeah. But, well, like, also, also wasn't the, um, well, that's kind of a, that's kind of a ongoing theme. Cause wasn't the director of martyrs under the exact martyrs, same, same shit thing. happened with you. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, this is a fun one. The sound engineer swallowed a microphone and recorded the inner audio of his body to achieve certain sounds for the film. Oh, the gurgling is like an actual stomach gurgling. Ew. I, I would assume the gurgle, but who knows what it ended up being. It could just be like a, you know, a nothing. That's what I would more imagine him once it's in there. Willem Dafoe was ready to, oh, this is the best. This fucking makes it all worth it. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Willem Dafoe was ready to go fully naked for sex scenes, but after Lars von Trier and other crew members saw him undressed, they discovered that Dafoe was too well endowed. Von Trier figured that would distract the audience, which led the decision to use a body double for those scenes. And then this, because I had to know more, I I looked it up and I found an interview with von Trier uh, where the interviewer said, did he require a body double? And he said, we had to because Wills was too big, Von Trier confirmed. The interviewer <laughs> joshingly asked if it was too big to fit on screen. No, Von Trier replied, too big because everybody got confused when they saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. Confused. Confused. So so if we got anything. <laughs> Can you imagine having a penis that big? That, like, they, they look yes, at it and they go, I it's cannot, like, Brian, can you tell us what's that like? People get confused when they see it. And they go like, all right, we're going to need a body double. I I appreciate. They're like, we cannot. This is not going to work. This is all uh, anybody's going to talk about. Everybody's just like, did you see the size of his dick? We need to get a body double in here with like a normal human dick on it. It's huge. Have you, there's a, there's an actual like short film that he was in that he was naked running around. The man has a 30 pound catfish swaying in the wind. (laughs) Good God. Like it has, it has an, uh, it has an elbow. <laughs> like it's, it's insane. Good right. for him. Yeah, it's tripod. So the other tripod, the other that. tripod of evil or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> tripod of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> That's also William Defoe's nickname in this movie. Oh boy. According to Lon- Lars von Trier, he tried his best to make a horror film, but did not. See- 
did not succeed, and the same happened to him before when he tried to make a musical, and the result was Dancer in the Dark. Mm. So that's interesting, kind of interesting, I think. Yeah. So he's like, all right, going to make a horror film. And he's like, fuck, I don't know how to not get like lost in the sauce and be just fucking... Just all over the place. Well, gone. it is. I think, yeah. I mean, honestly, when um, this movie is described... It has accents of horror, but most people call it like a psychological sexual thriller or like. Yeah, totally. It's one of those, you know, that can be claimed, I think, but isn't necessarily. It's more horrific than it is like. It's certainly not scary, I don't think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like what the actual fuck. Yeah. Speaking of what the actual fuck, this is a fun one. The movie received a special anti-award from the ecumenical jury at Cannes. The jury, which typically awards a film that promotes spiritual and humanist values, decided to award this film with an anti-award for its seemingly misogynistic views. However, Lars von Trier confirmed in a later interview, he's not a misogynist, saying he loved women and understood her, like, capital her, the character, better than him. So, whatever that fucking means. (laughs) This is hilarious. The producer wanted the film to be in 3D. That's why I made that oh joke. My I don't God. know if we were recording I can see that. It. I mean, but a producer wanted it in 3D, and Lars von Trier was not having it. Um, I, what if? But what, I think that's amazing. That <laughs> <laughs> like opening penetration shot in slow mo and that giant fucking hog gung him in your way <laughs> God. Yeah. I'm there for it we're in spoiler territory the, yeah. yeah the blood money shot in 3D oh blood money <laughs> blood, blood oh money. my god the clip clipping <laughs> alright um, according to Roger Ebert, Antichrist may be an exercise in alternative theology. Von Trier's version of those passages in Genesis where man is cast from Eden and Satan assumes a role in the world. Which I only put in there to be like, fuck you, Ebert. You're fucking like, oh, yeah, this is a real movie where I was like, all the other horror sucks. Eat my ass, dude. Choke on it. <laughs> Moving on. Nice. Unless you guys have any thoughts there. Mike uh, Drummond. No, I'd love for no. you to choke on his ass, too. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Fun fun note, Willem Dafoe played Jesus Christ in The Last Temptation of Christ, mm-hmm. 1988 picture, which I also read in that same article that I read the thing about his, his big wiener in that I Googled. They had a quote of him saying how when he was in The Passion of the Christ and on the cross, he was wearing some thing that it fell out of. <laughs> and like all the his people around the out, set- ball playing like, Christ. Yeah, and nobody- Nobody wanted to touch it and move it. And finally, somebody was like, all right, I guess I'll fucking do it. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So this man's crucified on a cross. And then his, dick, his then his dick comes out. And then the crew has like an argument about who's going to touch his heavy. penis to put it back in his pants. I imagine it just kind of like unfurling. Yes. Like a fruit by the foot. Like it just goes, <laughs> it just rolls out. It's like an like elephant, elephant trunk. trunk. <laughs> hey, guys, um, Defoe's, little Defoe's coming out. Apophis. <laughs> Say hello to my over-average friend. <laughs> All right, last, last tidbit. At the press conference following the con screening, Lars von Trier was asked a question by a journalist to justify why he made the film, to which the director responded that he found the question strange since he considered the audience as his guests, not the other way around. End of quote. And then he says, and then it says, he then claimed to be the best director in the world. (laughs) (laughs) 
for I am the best. So, I mean, I do, I do like this the the train of thought though. Being a creator, being like, well, I'm kind of like inviting you into my headspace on what I'm doing. Like instead of like I'm I'm not making it for oh, the audience, total, it's making yeah. it for yourself. Like I I can go. I'll, he's definitely one of those artists yeah. that gets lost in it yes. and it's just like i am an artist i don't answer to anyone totally like you can have that mentality but don't have it as your theology like it's a very different kind of yeah right totally all right who picked it why history this was patreon suggestion i don't know i, I think th- we all picked it i think it was more of a dare honestly time? they're like you won't do this we're like we'll do this and then we're like oh we're doing it well for me we had just done martyrs as the other patron pick and honestly i've seen both of these movies come up so often on basically on reddit when people are like i know a serbian film is a movie won't people won't watch what are other movies and th- these two come up all the time mm-hmm. which from what i hear about serbian film sounds way worse than either of these two absolutely worse yeah. <laughs> um absolutely worse. like i i i mean it's well to get into the subject matter of this movie but like visually speaking besides the mutilation i wasn't terribly off put like compared no. to other things we've seen before so it's like absolutely a serbian film sounds like nothing that's that's the one i just don't care to ever i even if someone's like gotta do it for my podcast i'm like sorry not gonna be on that episode i know what it is i don't need to experience it yeah i can't decide whether or not i want to do it what it's not gonna do something for me at this point i've experienced it, it oh, and it i wish i really honestly didn't like i didn't get anything yeah. out of that movie and I so are you saying you forbid us to see it, Ross? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I, or you no, no, no. Dissolve the podcast. I am 100. Brian and I no, watch I'm 100%, it. I'm 100. I won't watch it I'm 100 on board for any of your individual decisions when it comes to uh, for uh, for things. No, 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 no. I I hear what you're saying, and Brian and I don't want the podcast to end, so we will <laughs> never watch it. That's fine. I'll just oh. never pick it. If you Perfect. guys pick it, and it, you, I'll Sam. walk hand in hand with you in hell. But I'm not going to be the one to say we're going to hell. So you're well, saying we're not here to talk about okay. that anyway. <laughs> Antichrist. Antichrist. Here we are. Not so bad after all, for, from what I hear. It's not that bad. Antichrist. It's not that bad. bad. Take it and stamp it on there. Take it and leave it. Antichrist. <laughs> not as bad as a Serbian film. <laughs> all right. So open slow mo black and white fucking, including slow mo penetration. Slapping. Full oh penetration. Yeah, like, it's all there. All slap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the second time I watched this movie, th- I watched it at one and a half speed. And I swear to God, with just a little bit of Willem Dafoe's dialogue at one point in the cabin, you'd have no idea that this movie wasn't normal. Really? Um, watching it. That's that amazing. Way. Yes. Pop, so pop, obviously sure. we're going to get. Um, even the regular. We're going to get some. Obviously. Go ahead. More open eyes on the situation later on in the movie. But. I think to me, this is one of the most non-realistic things in a non-realistic movie that I've seen. Like it's shot beautifully. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like the whole black and white sequencing and the piano music and everything in kind of slow motion. It's like it's like watching a car crash frame in slow motion because you you're he leads you to know exactly that. Like the kid's waking up, he's getting and he's walking towards like. So. Yeah, while they're having sex, cut then cut with that is the kid waking up out of a crib, climbing out, going to the window, 
totally so there's so many parent red flags being a parent like there's baby monitors that are going off at this point um there are well it was on mute was it on mute yeah i think i was supposed to say that like it was the kid like knocked it it did something to disrupt the baby monitor. okay so there's a few things where like he like the baby monitor goes off he's walking around it's i like think the it's smartest the smartest little kid he jumps out of his crib he opens his baby gate he climbs out like there is so much inherent in. noise a toddler makes that i feel that like even in the throes of coitus Especially when he just completely Van Halen throws everything off of the desk before climbing on top of it. Like, there's so mm. much commotion. Is that a Van Halen thing? I think it was in a Van Halen video. I don't know. I just think it's more of a Van Halen or, thing. You know. Or is that just something yeah. we're going to start so saying? Van like, Halen, someone, dude. like, does something. That's what he does <laughs> when then, Van Halen's playing. I just Ross ripped everything off of instinctively. Like, and whenever, you do, whenever <laughs> you do something with, like, passion. Yeah, with a whole lot yeah, of passion. You do it with Van Halen. It's like Halen. eruption. You know so... I can understand how this would uh, obviously affect you guys differently than me in the sense of I don't have a child. Well, or, imagine or, it's a dog. Or, or Well, no, no, no. In, <laughs> in terms of like, in, in what you're saying and the unrealistic nature of it, as soon as this movie opens up, I didn't put any realistic expectations on what was going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. It was a very art house scene of like, this is a depiction of like a what happened in this moment. I didn't necessarily take even this, what we were watching as truth is more so a memory of this kind of, of like dramatization of the moment that happened. So yeah, obviously oh, there'd be a billion really tapping into the art house. Yeah. It's that all like, yeah, I, going into that. I, w- I was more on Ross's end, but less so. Cause I could also see like, well, you know, if you're on the other side of the house or whatever, but the first time I watched it, I missed that. He walks by their room with yeah, the door. So open. like, he, well, well, so, See, I got that, but I thought I, but it seems like the window he goes out of is within their room because it's like literally in the hall. So they have their bedroom. There's the bedroom door. And then like there, that room is well, just we find there. Out at the end. She was watching right. him while they were. Yeah. I mean, so they were, she well, at least was aware. Very like, yeah. Towards the end of the movie, big spoiler. Uh, too late. They, yeah. She literally is making eye contact with her son while he's committing suicide basically by like accidental suicide you know what i mean well, like he's not he's just he's ending well i mean I she knows what's that. going to happen sure. i mean the window's open he's climbing it and marching she forward he and she's not. just getting railed like it's a very weird th- realization towards the end of the movie i don't know again but as much as problems that i had with it it's beautifully shot i mean even the fucking kid taking a header out the window is like i didn't realize they were going to show the whole thing you know what I mean? Because, like, in a lot of these, like, very stylistic things, you'd get, like, the cascading out of the window. You would get maybe, like, a partial scene of, like, partially falling out. But to actually show the extent totally of the fall and then the kid landing was, like, oh. Well, we just see, like, a puff of snow. It's not like we see a kid it's still get fall- smashed. Yeah, it's not yeah. like Final Destination 5. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not saying it's gory, but what I'm saying, like an art house thing, like usually they would end it at like a, the logical conclusion is not actually show him hit the pavement. I mean, as soon as we saw a fucking dick and balls slapping, I was like, full penetration. We're we're seeing and like, obviously we see much more later on. But yeah, this movie does not care to doesn't care about what it's showing you it's going to show you yes. what it wants to, yeah. to make its point so that's the opening it's all slow motion black and white to like a opera mm-hmm. it's like an aria or something um 
And then we cut to... So the two main characters, Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg, they are he and she. We never Mm -hmm. hear their names. So as we say he and she through this that's what who we're talking about so he and she it's a funeral procession they're walking behind uh their son's little casket he is crying a lot she is stone-faced mm-hmm. then she faints and people rush towards her everybody in the everyone crowd has, has a blurred, a blurred face, face. also this movie is faces. set up where it says prologue and chapter one chapter two chapter three yes. yeah there's prologue and chapter grief. one chapter one grief so that's the chapter we're in right now. Yes. So unfortunately, I forgot to start taking notes on that until chapter two. <laughs> okay. Yep. We got you. So I have it after chapter two. It's funny. Two. My notes for this, this is one of the first time, I, all of my notes for this are almost just one or two word notes for things that are going yeah. on. Yeah, but I, my, my prologue is just shower sex, laundry sex, bed sex, child, child watching sex, child falling out window, climax, laundry's done. Laundry. <laughs> 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 yeah, there, there, there is interspliced laundry, and the laundry is finished at the end of the black and white yeah. sequence. I don't know yeah. what that. It's super. Means. It's just everything's done. <laughs> it's just about the cycle. Um, this whole afterwards scenario where she wakes up in the hospital. This entire hospital mm-hmm. sequence really kind of establishes at least what kind of character William Defoe is, because like he's so emotionally severed during a lot of this when he's like speaking to her that like yeah he's like representing reason so he's a therapist yeah he's a therapist but it's also one of these weird ones he starts treating his wife like a patient absolutely like he doesn't trust the doctors he thinks he's smarter than the doctors yeah um it's Mm -hmm. uh yeah, it's she's been in the hospital for a month when when it comes yeah. to this. Where she's like, okay. I think she's just kind of becoming cognizant mm-hmm. she's, again. It well, she, like. she got diagnosed with what atypical grief or some the the medical diagnosis. Yes, and he said, I don't think your grief's atypical. Hysterical Which, blindness. Uh, if her eyes weren't meant to see <laughs> such things. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's um, yeah, I think it's kind of just showing the um, William Defoe's character is very emotionally set back from like it actually took me not took me out of the movie but like i had to make the realization that this was the father of the kid a bunch of times because he has zero emotional responses throughout most of this movie that sometimes i'm like well except for he was crying walking behind it you know what i mean i i think this is supposed to be sometime it's a month after do you think it's only a month after she's been in the hospital for a month so I'm assuming it's a month after the death. So I guess it'd be, yeah, from when she passes out then, yeah. too. Because mm-hmm. atypical grief is a thing, but it's only considered after if it's been more than 12 months. Oh, okay. I read about it a little. Right. Well, because I figured it was yeah, a month be, later yeah. because he also gets the coroner's autopsy report in the mail. Yeah, a month makes yeah. a lot of sense. I think I just was confusing the truth of it with... The fantasy of it, sure, with the 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 yeah. need for it in the this mist, movie, the mist yeah. in right. this movie. Yeah, so there's yeah that leads us to a shit ton of grief talk, like grief talk, more grief mm. talks about breathing, like grief, grief, like yeah. we're in the she chapter blames grief. herself for their son's death. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "What about me? I was there." She's like, "No, but I knew he was waking up. I knew he could climb out of his thing. Like you didn't know these things." When now watching it a second time, like, you, do you think she didn't? 
when she's talking about all this, do you think she doesn't know that she saw him and watched it happen? Like, doesn't remember that? I think she has an emotional severance for like she has a breakdown, and I think it's either like partial right. amnesia. I or... think she has partial like split personality almost. Yeah, right. Because there's other times in the movies where it seems like she didn't remember some of the things that she did. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the wrench scene. Like there's a, there's a few. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's such a weird one because she acts a certain way. And then when it's revealed, she's not like, cause it throughout the movie, especially when you feel like all these clues that like she has been borderline torture, not torturing, but like, I mean, like the kid's in a woodshed. He's in the, he's in like a supply uh, when she finds him, like, well, first he, of all, that you'd even like have him wander off, like, not know where he is at all times yeah. while you're out there, well, or the like, idea that you'd even fucking he, take a kid out with there to work on your well, thesis. Also, like, Some putting got a march like through the woods, but too. intentionally it's putting insane. his shoes on on the wrong feet, like making him cry, oh, yeah. like, like the scene That's where like he's a, discovered that, in like uh, the shed, Munchhausen, Munchhausen, Munchhausen by proxy, right? Yeah. Well, where they like where you like make somebody sick on purpose to take mm. care of them is that what it's called? I think so, but it's like I'm he has like expert, a bone deformment. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about though. Like this, I think right, she's but just I think being... that bone deformant is from her from putting her those doing on that. wrong. Do you think she was? Why was? She... But then we get that we get that scene just very brief where he's crying while she's putting mm-hmm. the shoes yeah. on. So is she like just disconnected at that time or in like intentionally hurting in... him? Because there's no way you wouldn't know. That's yeah. what. Yeah, I didn't. I've never figured that out why no. she was doing that. But maybe part. we've talked about how she disconnects at times and doesn't remember, so maybe that's what it Because of what she essentially her conclusion that she came to here while working on her thesis. Maybe she is, maybe by him bringing her she's back She's representative there, chaos, right? And he's like reason is that I think No, but I think you're I think you're on the right track, Brian. I think like because he brings her back to basically like Eden. She starts she having starts that having disassociative. The, yeah. Because apparently it's, she Start says it started when she was out there with her son. It did. Yeah. Well, right. And that's with why she watched the kid die and did nothing is because if, I mean, to get to the end of she it, had, it had already happened. It had already happened. She, She's yeah. already determined that she is evil because she is a woman. Yes. And so she will commit <laughs> evil deeds and like do evil things. So yeah, <laughs> so there, there, this all happened. That that all happens later. Right now, let's go go back there in the hospital room. She's saying, uh, like, I blame myself. He's saying no, but he doesn't like the doctor he has, and he's telling her he wants to be her therapist. He wants. Mm-hmm. Her to let her be them therapist. We get a slow zoom in on stems of flower mm-hmm. in a vase, and now they are, which is still slow, even at one point five right. speed. And then now they are home, and Dude. he has the autopsy report there, um, and hides, and hides it. it from her, puts it in his coat pocket. I it's such a weird mm-hmm. one where like yeah, because like she's in this place where she's dumping all of her pills out in front of her husband, which mm-hmm. is like the, yeah, the mm-hmm. smartest idea: treat a family member. Be a professional and treat a family member. <laughs> like that's like the worst. Which they even she up. even says that to him at one point. Like you're you know not supposed to do this. And he's like, yeah, well, or you've always said that like a good therapist want to do that. And he's like, yeah, but this is different. And nobody knows you like I do. And yeah. 
da da da. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to have like what you would what's portrayed as the smart character is so smart they don't realize how ignorant they're being about the situation. I think that's like the the blindness of being smart. I think is a very interesting and awesome character flaw with Defoe and like him continuously pushing things and like not realizing the Pandora's box that he's actually opening by putting her through such intensive immersive therapy. Right. Well, I I mean, I think a lot lot of that is intentional, right? Because he is supposed to, well, first of all, Lars von Trier was going through all this actual therapy himself. So he's being exposed to all these ideas. Um, So it was like representative. So yeah, the female side representing like, the chaos within and the chaos of nature mm-hmm. and then the male side representing the like reason and science and uh but like that is obviously cold and the other side is more vibrant and whatever bullshit you want to <laughs> say about that <laughs> it's the um oh yeah no this is the this is what but so that's why he is so extreme that way. I totally. Think, well, even to what you even the saying, scene where like she starts having that um, that weird cut scene where it's like the creepy wood shot where it's like blurry eyes and naked and like it's showing the almost like one of our favorite movies, um, <laughs> like opera. Uh, it's like that weird like pulsating brain vision you get where it's like showing her anxiety mm-hmm. by like the pulsating on her neck and the oh breathing. the five different shots yeah. yeah i actually liked that oh i did too i thought it was kind of it was super like super interesting the way of visualizing the the way your body physically manifests anxiety mm-hmm. and that weird learning to breathe sequence so i thought was really cool and like trying to say like hey nope this is anxiety and anxiety is a physical thing so you need to like get past this mm-hmm. so she jumps up, pills down the toilets, sobbing. Just there's a lot of her just grief and him trying to help her. She wants to know if grief will end. He says it will. Will it get worse? He says it will. <laughs> she tells him that he's never he's always been distant from her and Nick. Um, and that she says to him, I never interest you until now, uh, now that I am your patient. And she accuses him of not caring that their son died, and he responds to being distant. Instead of saying something about not caring whether or not the son died, his response is to the being distant. And he says, like, I was trying to honor your wishes by letting you go to the cabin and work on your thesis um, just with Nick. And that, that's Maybe I, I didn't I want that. I might have said motive. that. But I didn't why, want that. why on earth would you, like, imagine, like, all right, I'm going to get away to work on my thesis and go to this cabin that I got to, like, hike two miles up the thing through. And I'm going to bring my fucking two-year-old with me. Like, that, that I can't imagine, like, a worse way to get right. that, like, do your job. Uh, not job, but, you know. Writing. What you're, yeah, what you're going for. Um, then she says she didn't finish her thesis because he thought it was glib. And she's like... He's like, I didn't call it glib. And she's like, no, but like what you said made me realize that that's what you thought it was. And once I thought that I couldn't care about it anymore. I looked up the definition of glib. Glib is uh, fluent or voluble, but insincere and shallow, which I think is a great definition for this whole fucking movie. (laughs) It is. it, It knows what it's doing. It can make a good movie. It can layer its metaphors. It can say it can make it seem like it's like, oh, but look, I'm doing all this stuff. But like. Is there any really substance? Is there any really substance to it? <laughs> substance to is, it? Who is I don't, I don't know if there is there really is. any substance to it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's weird about a lot of 
um, Von Trier's movies is that like they just kind of get laid out in front of you and I don't know. They appear they appear to be oceans, but they're like kind of kiddie pools, as in like there seems to be from the surface a lot of depth to a lot of these. But then you start like really kind mm-hmm. of dissecting them and you're like, hey, uh, no, OK, so like I could just take this at face value. It doesn't I mean, like there's really no deeper intrinsic meaning. Well, I mean, I think there's also there he, there are all sorts of like metaphors and things and it's representing this and showing us that and this, that and the other. But I don't know if that is saying anything so much as like a tool that he's using. Mm-hmm. Yes. If that makes no, that sense. Does make sense. Um, like there's no message, but anyway, so now she's kissing him. We get a rumbling shot of trees. Now we get all those cool shots we talked mm-hmm. about of her body expressing anxiety. She, it seems like she's wakes up having a panic attack. And that's when he leads her through the breathing exercise. Then she seems to have some sort of sex panic attack where like, she's almost like attacking ravenous to have sex. She, with him. her um, huge coping, he won't her huge her. coping mechanism throughout this entire movie is, um, sexual companionship like that. There's a lot of things where she has like a meltdown and then like a companionship. Know, just, uh, she wants sex. Like it's, it seems to be aggressive. Fucking. Yes. Yeah. Like borderline, <laughs> not a uh, borderline, the consensual aspect of that is kind of very blurry in a lot of this. Like she just feels like she's just like aggressively attacking him until he gets hard and then <laughs> kind of tries going to town. Well, yeah, I can't imagine being able to, well, I don't need to go there, <laughs> but that doesn't turn me on. I'll just say being attacked. All right. Uh, now he wants to do exposure therapy. Wait, you guys didn't have so, hard ones this whole movie too. This <laughs> direct. Uh, I was waiting for us to get to the to it. If your but... antichrist lasts longer than four hours, please consult a doctor and a priest. <laughs> All right. He, now he wants to do exposure therapy with her. He asks her what she's afraid of, but she doesn't know. She continues to have intense panic attacks. Starts banging her head against the sink. She wants sex again. This time he does it, and he's like, ah, shouldn't have done that. That's the worst thing I could have done for you, because fucking, I don't know. He, know. he knows everything. It's more of that. Uh, if you don't, and now he says, if you don't know where what you're afraid of, maybe you can tell me where you're afraid of. And she says, where do you woods. feel the most exposed? Yeah. He says, it's funny, because you were the one who always wanted to go to the woods. What frightens you about it? Everything. Um, Eden scares her, which... Eden is the name of this property, presumably yeah. they have with a so, cabin yeah. on it. That's like somewhere in Washington State is a is a forest called somewhere. Eden. Is it supposed to be Washington State? Did you gather that? Somewhere? Yeah, because like they're in Seattle. Like all the mail sent to Are Seattle they? and oh, that's right, the Seattle. The Seattle uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's filmed in Germany, incidentally. Huh. Looks a lot like uh, Washington. <laughs> so. If you don't know what your fate, so the woods, Eden scares her. Eden's the name of that property with a cabin that they have, but obviously also of not, there's nothing thinly veiled about it. It's a biblical reference. <laughs> Garden of Eden. We have him and her. Oh, you there. mean the old Eden it's, Easter egg? Yeah. Now they're kind of playing with each other and it seems like they're having a good time, but bang, she bites him real hard on the chest. Nipple. It's like, ah, fuck. This was was a nipple bite and he was fucking freaked out. He's like, ow, no, wait. (laughs) I took it for a nipple bite. It was, oh, see, I thought I could see a mark, like a bite mark on his peck, but 
if you guys say nipple, I'll, I'll roll. I'd with like you. to think it you was know a that uh, yeah. you know Mello, Willem Dafoe has the biggest nipples in the world. <laughs> I had to do a body double for his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> like they just fucking massive nipples that they, they confuse people. Confused saucers yeah. confused everyone Absolutely. on set. <laughs> All right, so now they're traveling by train. And he yeah. starts leading her through a meditation mm-hmm. that takes her to Eden so she can face her fears. And she starts describing her journey through Eden. She goes to the bridge where she can't hear the birds or the water. She goes past the old foxhole. She sees the thick tree that's rotting slowly, makes it to the cabin, tells her, don't go in the cabin. That's You're not afraid of inside. You're afraid of outside. It's out here. Lay down in the grass. She's like, on the plants? He's like... Yeah, on the plane. She's like, are you sure on the plane? Yes, on the plane. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure it's a multicast. Um, lays on the plants, tells her to melt in the green, which she does. You get this cool shot of her sort of bleeding, slowly into turning it. into grass, sort of trippy. And um, he's like, great. See, good job. You did it. Way to go. Now remember that feeling because... That's where we're going right now. <laughs> I do like how they've um, video like the scene right after this where they kind of show the shot of the woods. I do like in a lot of um, sporadic scenes throughout this, like they're using visual manipulation to like warp bubble and pinch certain aspects of the oh, forest. Yeah. So it so looks t- trippy. Oh, it seems like during those times or in times where of uh, her anxious state. Mm-hmm. Like when those are about to come on is when we'll get that weird little warble that is very, warble. very trippy. It's very psychedelic, just a slight little womp womp to the trees or something, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, beautiful touch. Cool. You know how to make a movie. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now they're hiking through the woods to Eden. She thinks the ground is burning, but I guess realizes it's not. And they keep hiking. She has to rest. She rests, he wanders off, he sees a deer, starts approaching the deer, he's like, wow, this deer isn't running away from me, this is amazing. Oh, wow. Well, right before the the deer, deer we got some ominous wind. Yes. Oh. Or, as the movie likes to portray, the devil's breath. That's like one time I, like, smiled during this movie. (laughs) It's like, ominous wind. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, ominous wind? I know what that means. (laughs) That's, ooh, what's gonna happen? Well, death did come. In the form of a stillborn yeah, so deer. <laughs> oh so yeah. he sees this deer, it's not moving, he slowly starts walking up to it, then it kind of turns to the side to show it's got this stillborn deer half hanging out its back, and then it starts to prance off and you know, flop around. flopping around. Flopping around. Back. Yeah. I was like, I, the second I saw the deer, I was like, there's... And you're like, fucking yeah, this movie's the best. This is... You're not going to see, there's going to be something off about this deer. And then it turned around. It's like, oh no, it's something that's not out of her. It's like a half Didn't off. see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> chapter two, pain. Chaos, Chaos I'll have chapter notes from here on out. They tried to cross the Eden Bridge. So, okay. So they get to the Eden Bridge. He's like, come on, you can do it. And she starts going, but then she runs and she runs away. So now it's him walking. He goes past all the stuff from the meditation. He does the bridge, the foxhole, the drying tree, makes his way to a cabin, checks out the tool shed first. It's like, hey, here's some things around here. Wonder if these will come up later. Now he finds her sleeping um, and covers her with a blanket. So he's still like taking care of her. What an asshole. It's a weird thing, actually, because it's like he is technically doing a lot of the right things. It's just something about the way it's done. 
It sucks. Well, it's that, and but like, pardon the thing because it's younger, but it's, it's I think it's this holier than now attitude throughout the entire yeah. thing. Like he's trying to do well, but he's doing it in the worst ways possible for her. And it's a lot of like real therapies that work for people in different ways too. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like something a husband should be yes. doing. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, wait, we haven't gone they past put, the tick scene, right? No, we haven't. Okay. Here it is. Is that what that is? Yes. So they, they go to sleep, but some loud-ass stupid acorns wake them up. They go back to sleep. When they awake, his hand is out the window, and I wrote with shit growing on it, because I... No, it's covered in ticks. It's covered in ticks. That's ticks? Yeah, those are blood-filled ticks. Those are... It's yes, that just been seen those no too idea. many times. Oh, my life. God. They're uh, horrifying. Bro did it completely wrong, too, because there's no way he got all the heads out. Yeah. <laughs> They were definitely yeah, still be bury, bury Indian. Right, you right. need to like pull the, and get yeah, the like, sm- out. Like, drown them like, out or it's disgusting. Blue them out. It's terrible. Well, but the, the, the other to thing sleep, is right? too, like, why did they just go on his hand? Like if the way that it, the you way feel like he'd be covered out, dude, in they would ticks, be all up and down his body at that point because they have right. Their, and they would have already well, been I in the ca- like that cabin is not. It's because he was outside in the nature instead of the protected indoor <laughs> area. Which yeah, I guess that's where like the metaphor comes in, where it's like him. the rest of his body was in the house. Exactly, the whole thing's a fucking metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> wrapped cool. in an enigma. That makes it yeah. good. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a metaphor. Isn't that good then? Therefore, good. Uh. But honestly, she wakes the, to find him stacking rocks in the yard. He's and he's like, "You cheated me. We need you to act, actually do this." Go ahead, Ross. Oh, I was gonna say one more thing about the ticks. Um, the second I realized they were ticks, I audibly just said, "Oh, fucking goo!" Like just yeah. the idea Ooh. of having your entire hand covered in ticks is so fucking gross. Like, <laughs> like uh, it is. There's really some gross, gross no shit that happens in this movie, time. but this is like the uh, appetizer for gross where I was like, Ugh, Oh no. Mm-mm. So she next morning, she is, she wakes up, comes outside. He's stacking rocks. He's like, you cheated me yesterday. You can't run. Running's no good. So I need you to walk from one stone to the other this scene. God damn it. Um, which she does. And then a baby bird covered in ants falls out of a tree and a hawk comes down and scoops it off the ground and then starts picking she, apart and eating it. She does yep. this whole goddamn exercise. We're like, I'm so proud of you. You did so great. Everything. High five. And then that baby bird falling into an ant's nest and then all of a sudden just being eaten alive by ants and then getting picked apart by a fucking hawk is just like the definition of visually metaphorically beating a dead horse. Like, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I it's started, I, it was so brutal. I started laughing where I was like, you can't like, that's <laughs> so on the nose. Your child died from a fall. And then you're going to have this bird gets like triple murked this in the worst. Bird, yeah. It's, yeah. You're like, come on. Like, <laughs> Hey, it's a metaphor, man. Uh, a metaphor, hey, you know what? Bro. I missed that one. <laughs> I didn't even think about this. Yeah. <laughs> Now she's sobbing in the cabin again because there's a lot of that. Now she's composed and tells him that she's been afraid here before but didn't realize it. What was different? She heard a sound. This is when uh, flashback. She is working on her thesis on gynocide, which is like women murder essentially. And she hears a baby crying and starts running around looking for Nick. So the fact that she'd be even be out in this cabin in the middle of nowhere and not know where her toddler is is, is fucking insane 
And finally she finds him and he's not crying, but she still hears the crying. So something else is crying out. Which is, which is also so bizarre to me because this kid is literally in a tool shed. Like he's in the most dangerous spot of the cabin you could possibly think of. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're putting his shoes on backwards. He's crying all the time. He hates his life. And now you just keep him in a tool shed while you're working on a violence against women scrapbook. Like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scrapbook. So, so uh, he has been keeping this like pyramid chart of her fears. And so he tells her like. Uh, hearing something unexplainable placed Eden very high on the pyramid chart. So he like puts it towards the top and he tries to explain to her why she feels the way she does using a bunch of intellectual therapist jargon, which like at this point is even more so clearly like uh, very uncommunicative. It doesn't mean anything to her really mm-hmm. here because she's it's not like how you could communicate properly then he tries to drink wine and she attacks him and tells him he shouldn't have come here and he's just so damn arrogant now they're lying in bed and this is when she tells him about the oaks live for hundreds of years and every acorn falling off a tree uh, is just a tree dying and she used to think Eden was beautiful but now thinks it's hideous Uh, now I could hear what I couldn't hear before the cry of all things that are to die he then tells her acorns don't cry. That's fear distorting reality. And she tells him nature is Satan's church. And the wind is his breath. I'm saying. Okay. So if we're, I mean, obviously we're not in like the, in, you know, we're in a dreamscape, but if you're William Defoe and you start hearing the your wife mentally degrade that fast, um, I think after the f- second, probably if it's a William Defoe, I would assume the second physical assault on his life that you may want to be like, you know what? Maybe we should pack this up. Maybe we should uh, get get exactly. out of here. Go back to the Too apartment. American. Exactly. Yeah. It's that ego getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean. He, he still makes it out fine, I guess. We'll get there. He is trying Now he is trying to start a fire in the cabin, but can't find matches mm. and finds the autopsy. Now we get talk about dreamscape. He is standing outside the cabin, staring at the camera as acorns ray down on him mm-hmm. in slow motion. Getting skeeted on by a tree. Imagine that in yeah. 3D. In tree 3D. Ski- oh, fuck. See? Maybe this, then, maybe this movie could have be been good. Yeah. <laughs> it, all right. Now, next morning, birds are chirping. She tells him she's happy mm-hmm. and says to him, I love you, darling. She takes him to the foxhole, starts putting her hand in it. See? See, I'm better. She she takes him. She's well again. She goes to all the different nature stuff. To the tree. She's splashing through the pond, all the stuff. She's like, I'm well again. You're so clever. And he's kind of staring at her, being like, all right, this is not good. <laughs> and, uh, she goes, you can't just be happy for me, can you? And stomps off. Now we get a shot. That's kind of a repeat of a shot earlier. It's a cool shot of them walking through these tall ferns. He stops because he's seen a fern moving. He goes over, sees something on the ground, can't tell what it is. Goes to touch it like a fucking insane person. Um, and it turns out it's a fox and the fox is 
eating its own guts. Pulling out its guts? Yeah. Right? Is that what's happening? It's like eating its own guts or something. Yeah, it's like eating itself. Yeah, and then it looks at him and and in a demon voice says... Chaos reigns. And we get chapter three. Although in the movie, (laughs) honestly... I don't know why, but when that fox said that, I audibly laughed the first time I saw this movie. Like, I, I just went, uh, ha, ha, ho. Like, so it's, when I was reading what, like, scholars had to say about this movie, and it's pretty divided of people that ha- hate it or love it mm-hmm. amongst, you know, people uh-huh. who study film or misogyny or different things. Or philosophy um, or theology. Mm-hmm. But several of them talked about how they thought that moment was funny, which I thought was even... It, oh, I thought it was really funny. On it. I think it's just because like it, it it is a demonic voice, but it's not. It's like a dude's voice. It though. didn't strike me as funny at all. Like because it's an art house. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, cause, but it's still clearly a male's voice. Like it's not. It doesn't sound mm-hmm. like it's like from a hell pit. It a just sounds talking? like a deeper. It's like <laughs> chaos reigns. I thought of that scene in Jurassic Park with the raptor when like. I forget who's having oh, the dream and, like and looks over while he's all like on the plane and there's a raptor there and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It didn't strike so me giggled. as that silly at all. I was almost expecting it. I was like, okay, yeah. This is but at the same time, the I had that hole. thought. I like, mm-hmm. I laughed, but I also was like, yeah, it makes sense with the, for what's what going on. With yeah. 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 But that right, takes chapter us to the next three, chapter, right? Despair. Yeah parentheses gynocide now now they're inside while it's raining he notices mm-hmm. ladder outside and then looks at like a attic mm-hmm. and it clearly like he's gonna bring it in which we've never seen this before right it, it seemed to me like that it was almost set up like he's like oh now i can finally go check out upstairs i thought oh, he was I trying to fix a him as like like he saw the ceiling leaking, so he grabbed a oh, thing to fix it, it from leak. Yeah, that's I thought it was just like him trying to see what was up in the attic to see if there was uh, a roof leak. That makes more sense. Okay, so he gets up there, and what does he find? Bunch of wet research. Wet research. It's all wet old research. art. Of wet hot American tortured. Re- wet hot American research. <laughs> wet ass research. W a r. War. War. Yeah. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. No, let's move on. Uh, he finds her journal, and uh, he also finds her journal for her thesis. And as he goes through it, and as it progresses, her handwriting devolves until, honestly, at the end, is weird it's comparison, but it reminded me of my... Yeah, it's incoherent. It reminded me of my grandma's handwriting, like, when she was, like... Uh, gone you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. i don't yeah, know why yeah. i'm blanking on the term but you know what's it called when you can't remember stuff uh, with alzheimer's old? or yeah alzheimer's yeah. thank you i was thinking i couldn't not think of amnesia for some reason i was oh, like that's not yeah. what happens when you get old but um that's what the handwriting reminded me of at the end was which like also would be notes. a huge red flag for me even if i was doing a scientific experimental yeah. process if you're watching like, your wife's hand like this book about violence to women and a bunch of stuff when she's doing also a bunch of inherently violent acts towards you and then you find this like scrapbook as it descends into incoherent madness <laughs> That she's mm-hmm. squirreled away in the attic with a bunch of torture porn wheat pasted everywhere else. That's kind of where I've been like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Seattle. I think I'm going to, uh, I think, you know what? I think I bit off more than I can chew. You keep thinking he's going to give up. He's not, no. man. He's too, no. 
too damn American. Science is never going to give up. I'm too damn American. Listen, I'm too damn I, I don't. I don't know. I really got to study me some Defoe. I'll get back to you. We'll put it in post. He is writing notes in his notepad. Okay, yeah. Now, oh, we see a tree fall in the woods in slow motion, so that's fun. I'm glad we had that. Now he's writing in his notes in a notepad. Um, he wakes up. He wakes her up for one more exercise. His role is all the thoughts that provoke her fears. Her role is rational thinking. He says he is nature, and he wants to hurt her as much as she can. She's like, how do you want to hurt me uh, by frightening me? No, I'm going to kill you. She's like, well, no, that's not right. It's very. <laughs> She's like afraid of nature. Uh, and then like, what was like the nature of people to do terrible things to women? Right. That's what he's like. He starts his outside nature and then becomes human nature. She's like, oh, that kind of nature. That's where we find out that during her studies, she like ended up believing it. Hold on. I have it. She's. She says that kind of used to, nature used to interest her a lot while she's up here. It was the subject of her thesis. But don't underestimate Eden. If human nature is evil, then women are evil. They are not in control of their own bodies. Nature is. And he's all like... Wait, what? Um, what? <laughs> You're supposed to be critical of these texts that you were studying saying women are evil, not believing them. Is that... The, your thesis was being critical on these things. Mm -hmm. And then he says, do you know what you're saying? And she forgets. Oh yeah. He's like, do you understand what you're telling to me? And she says, forget it. I don't know why I said it. Yeah. So, Where he's like, wait, what? Like you're not supposed to, you drank the Kool-Aid. Like you've actually drank the Kool-Aid. Like that was kind of a cool moment. Right. At least when he's like his realization that his wife is like kind of slipped before the death of her of to their child you know what i mean like absolutely that's that weird realization mm -hmm. he's like oh this is like oh i just this is just saw that notebook yeah so yeah that's bad so yes yeah you're absolutely right so now they're having sex again and she wants to be hit but he doesn't want to she says if you don't love me Yep. Um, you will if you don't you don't love me and he says okay maybe i don't love you so mm -hmm. she Runs out of the cabin naked to finger herself by the foxhole. Woodsturbation. <laughs> Fingered by the hey. foxhole. The folk band. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> With their first album, Woodsturbation. Woodsturbation. <laughs> yes. So that, yeah. um, he, like, he furiously. Furiously. Yeah, like furiously fapping. Furiously fapping <laughs> by the foxhole. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> and then... Uh, he runs he, out, he's naked, and he's like, is gonna fuck her, I guess, because he then smack her, smacks her, and she's like, yeah, hit me. So the harder. reason, you know, sorry, they had to have the body double here is if William Defoe runs naked, it causes, like, the earth to shift, shift a little bit. <laughs> the polarity of the sh earth shifts by five degrees. You just can't have that much, well, like, force swinging around the, like that. Yeah. <laughs> he can't run naked because he would trip, so otherwise <laughs> it would, they'd it. see, like, the head hanging over, over his shoulder. shoulder. Normally like, when he runs naked, he has to, like, <laughs> yeah, they it don't over. Cut that out, yeah. <laughs> 
Plus, he's like self conscious, like running naked yeah, in front like, of everybody with a dick over his shoulder. <laughs> Everyone looking really confused. Everyone's <laughs> just, just in shock. But so, body so, double. Oh, yeah. So they start yeah, banging. But so then- they start banging at the thing, and then we mm-hmm. get a zoomed out shot there against all these roots and all these body parts. Human and- limbs like extend out. It's not severed, it's clearly like buried back there because yeah. they're sort of writhing a little bit. Loved this yeah, shot. Writhing. Real weird how we pull got shot. to that bus stop, but the actual pull out, like they pull into his back and they pull back out with all of the bodies and like the body parts. I thought it was like, ooh, that's so unsettling. I love that. I mean, this. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what that's I mean, supposed to mean. But for cool. all the, this movie is like a bus, like like a bus tour of the U.S. It's going to take you to some interesting stops, but every now and then you'll go to a really beautiful one. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, <laughs> this is great. Most of the time, most of the time, you're not going to want to get off. Sometimes you'll stay on the bus and see shit you didn't want to see anyway. Yeah. And then occasionally, though, you'll be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I cannot knock this movie. Like, it is beautifully shot. Like, the whole movie, for the most part, is beautifully shot. What they're filming, on the other hand, is up to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we get next next day. I had to make a note. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen it plenty, but Manhams, I don't think we've said. Oh, oh Defoe Manhams, pristine. But those are not his real Manhams? Because he'd obviously if see it's a, a body giant double? thing. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, if this, I don't know if this is his body double. I think we're getting... those are some good Manhams, no, though. Those, yeah, are we like, got some pu- those are hammy. We got some pulsating Manhams. We got some pushing Manhams. I would think those aren't his, because, I mean... Honey glazed. Honey glazed Manhams. To the front. All right, <laughs> we're getting lost in the manhams and the giant dick. <laughs> that's that's we do. <laughs> Next day, he talks to her about anxiety and asks her if she understands what he just said. And then he says, "You don't have to understand me. Just trust me." <laughs> so yeah, just to like really bring it home where it's what it's really he's really been saying this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then she finds the autopsy. He tells her the only abnormality was the prior issues with the feet. And he shows her, then he shows her a picture of Nick and asks, Hey, what's wrong with the feet? Were you aware that you put the shoes on wrong? She says she was not. Then he goes to the other photos and sees, Oh man, this is days, all these different outfits, all these different things. Every time the shoots are on the wrong feet. Then we get that flashback. Nick's crying while she's putting them on. These are like boots. She's uh, Nick's and Tim's. Yeah. And so that'd be yeah. like not re- <laughs> particularly yeah. not fun to wear yeah. um, on the wrong foot. Like these are a fresh pair of Tim's. They ain't broken in and she's throwing them on yeah. the wrong feet. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. But this also like this scene is real important though, because it alludes to the fact that she has been either by blacking, like blanking out, not realizing it or intentionally kind of torturing her son. Like, Mm-hmm. And we don't know at least a long enough to have a bone deformity. Like that's not going to happen in like a week. Like that has to happen in like a prolonged amount of time torturing or doing that to your kid over a summer. Yeah. To get like a bone um, mm-hmm. callus type of thing. All right. So now he's looking at all these other photos, but he hides them and he writes at the top of the fear. Pure fear pyramid me in quotes in the shed says herself because he's like she is the one yeah in the shed and um, she she sneaks up on him with the log and bang hits him over the head with the log starts calling him bastard saying she's gonna leave him 
But then pulls his dick out. They start fucking. He says he loves her. She says, I don't believe you. Gets off of him, smashes his dick with the log, hits him so hard that he oh passes out. Oh my God, out. his, dude, his wood getting wooded is horrifying because I thought originally it was like an ab. You think that's horrifying? <laughs> This is yeah. Well, I'm kidding. Obviously, yeah. This is horrific. Just, well, it's because at the first. I think the first time I watched it, I didn't quite realize that she had pummeled his penis. Honestly, I thought the it was like more of like an same. like a gut ab shot. Um, but the, upon second watching, his wood getting wooded was like, oh god, oh fuck! Like he get hit logged. hard enough in the dude. You get hit hard enough in the dick, you black out. Like, he literally got hit in the dick and then, like, literally was out, out. He was out long enough to have a hole in his leg and not actually wake up. That's how hard he got hit in the dick. And get jerked off and shoot blood. that's... Oh, blood money. Yeah, so blood let's, money. Let's go ahead and say, uh, knocks him in the dick, passes out, then she sees that he's still hard. Like, this bruised purple eggplant-looking thing. Starts jerking it off. Till he comes, but what does he come? Come blood, blood, mostly blood, blood, nut. blood, 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 blood from the heart. Yeah, he comes blood. Um, a little bit on her, a little bit on himself, as one does when they come blood. And then she <laughs> pulls off this like giant corkscrew, like it's like a hand drill, hand like an old yeah. drill yeah. that yeah. you would hand crack. Yes. I think I audibly said at this point, I was like, oh, why is she doing this? <laughs> yeah, what, <and laughs> like, oh, no. I, well, I, I think the like, most fucked hey, up... could have been worse. To, uh, yeah. Yes. I think the kind of the fucked up thing throughout this entire sequence is that while all this stuff is transpiring and going on, his pants were still around his, like, around his hips. His dick is still fully out. I think that's the most degrading thing was when he wakes up after this ordeal that he, has he literally has his still out. His butt hanging out. But yeah, his yeah, fucking, yeah, his man hams are just getting scraped his on the wiener, fucking his yeah. bruised up wiener dragging it through the mud log hogs broken wiener are you kidding me that cartilage must yeah, that's have snapped broken. that's why it shot blood yeah uh, <laughs> hold, on, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on say that again that's why it shot blood oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. Uh, um, okay so okay she drills the hole into his leg and then she goes over and that's a grinding stone for it's a whetstone yeah like it's a whetstone, mm-hmm. which she then feeds through the hole in his leg, it's like, then takes a wrench had, and then closes the wing nut on the opposite side. So now it's viced yeah. through his leg and he can't it's get like it It's like a round whetstone so, that you would have moved with like a pedal and she takes it off the machine and puts oh the, my God. Yeah, yes. the bar that's attached to it through his leg, puts the nut on the other side. <sighs> and then, th- and, then hucks, and then takes the wrench and throws it situation. under the a what? A yes. Of like a wheel, a wheelbarrow situation of like his wheel is now his leg is now the wheel. <laughs> yeah. So she's like pulling him by like the arms and his like you know, oh. his leg is able to like he's roll. now a human wheelbarrow. Yeah. Oh god, that would have been really fucking. I mean, to somehow make it worse, that would have been worse. <laughs> yes. That's how. To, I, how do I we just make wanted it... some more rolling around on that wheel somehow, <laughs> Brian. How do we make it gooier? Human wheelbarrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, she leaves him because she goes and throws throws that uh the wrench that she put the bolt to keep mm-hmm. the thing on, and he wakes up, and he, he's not happy. Super <laughs> fucked up. He's so fucked up. Yeah. He's so fucked up. And 
he <laughs> crawls out of the shed, starts crawling to the woods, clearly getting the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, it everything's gotten super foggy now on the where they are, and while he's trying to crawl away, she's just running around yelling, "Where are you?" In the fog, over you and over. bastard. Yeah, you bastard. You bastard. Where are you? Also. During this entire sequence, there is an evil dead amount of mist mm. throughout the entire mm. forest. Like the entire thing just started erupting steam. Thick. Thick steam. Thick. He finds the old foxhole and climbs inside. I'm sure there's some symbolism there. Perhaps it's Yannick. And <laughs> he, he, uh, he climbs inside because he's hiding from her. She's still running around yelling he's a bastard. He's sort of like... What is, he sees something in there. He's got matches that he's lighting. He's like, what is this? It looks kind of like feathers or something. And it, there's like a, a crow more than half buried that he pulls out. But now that it's out, it starts squawking a lot. So he's worried that it's going to give away his location. So he starts trying to beat it with a rock to kill it. But this thing is not dying. This thing is being viciously beaten. Like, I think it quasi, it doesn't die, but it gets quiet it, for a yeah. minute. Yeah, and then pops out quiet again. for a second, and then it goes off again, and then he starts beating like, it like viciously, and it's like, just like oh squawking. And just, this ain't no normal bird. It eventually That's... works. She finds him, but she can't get him out, so she runs back to the shed to get a, a shovel, and she's trying to pull him out through the foxhole, but a rock falls in front of it, so she climbs around to the top to try and start digging through the ground to get him out. And now we have chapter four. The three beggars. And she gets to him, but he appears dead. It's just kind of his face in the dirt. And she ends up getting him out enough that she pulls him out of the whole hole with his shitty leg and all. And um, he looked dead, but I guess he's alive because he tells her, we have to get this thing off my leg. (laughs) And she runs to the shed and goes to the toolbox and can't find the wrench and comes back. Says, sorry, Mm -hmm. I can't find the wrench. I can't find it. Do we think like she's coming in and out of these? I that's what I took it as. Like, yeah, chaos. This seems to be the not whatever. It's, yeah, it's weird because it's like um, he brings it up earlier in the movie where it's like the your beliefs can kind of turn into like a hypnosis, but the hypnosis is not hypnosis won't allow you to do things you wouldn't naturally do, do in your, your nature. Right. Yeah, doing your own. So I feel like she's like under this trance but it's just heightening the feelings that she internally has mm-hmm. you know what i mean like abandonment and all these other things but then when she levels off again she like understands that she did it and she's remorseful of it but it's almost like seeing red like i don't think she knows the details of what she's doing but kind of just like when she kind of clears up she's like i did that oh shit okay i need to like figure this out mm-hmm. so he Asks if she wanted to kill him, and she said, not, not yet. yet. The three beggars aren't here yet. They're back in the cabin now. When the three beggars, she tells him, when the three beggars arrive, someone must die. She then throws herself on him and sobs, then gets up and says, a crying woman is a scheming woman. She goes to the kitchen grabs a pair of scissors snip, snip. and then lies snip, next snip. to him tries to and tries to get him to finger her then she starts thinking of her son and cries 
she has to be held. And then she cuts off her clit with scissors. The old clit clipper. Totally. Um, Great clits. She, yeah, she cuts her clit off. Uh, we do get the, yeah, we get the realization that she saw her kid climbing while having sex mm-hmm. and did absolutely yeah, nothing. She stared about it. at him as he climbed out the window. Yeah. Because she's Which evil. is so fucked. That's so fucked on so many levels. Because women are evil and she realized it or something. Yeah. Well, I she do like the impossible. believed she was evil at that time, right? Because this is post because of her, yes, the crying exactly. of nature, whatever the yeah. fuck mm-hmm. that is. Um, I do really like the fact that the three beggars. Obviously, the the the, um, the deer, the bird, and the fox. But I I like that in the attic sequence, you kind of see it in this like constellation map. I also like that it's like an occult constellation of a star constellation that should not exist, which I thought was a really interesting kind of like, I don't right. know, like that cosmic mm-hmm. stuff. No, absolutely. Like, because because of this ritual or thing that's going on causes the cosmos to change. So the three beggars can appear. Yeah, that's the exact next thing that happens. Actually, so here's what I have. I have, she has to be held and cuts off her clit with scissors. And then I think we all watched this on Tubi. So I immediately after this happened had a commercial break, which I thought was fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fun. But you're right. Yeah. So this is now he sees the stars out the windows, the three, um, which he recalls the three beggars constellation map and it kind of appears over it. And he's like, but there's no such constellation. Now we get more shocks of Nick falling and her spice and her splice through all this. Um, and there are two different versions of her talking. Like she'll say something in mm-hmm. the cabin and then there's like a different sort of weird, scary pale version of her that repeats it. Um, and now it starts raining acorns like fully, full-on raining acorns the deer is inside the cabin the fox comes in he hears squawking under the floorboards breaks it open and the crow comes in also the crow apparently was like hey the wrench is right here because he uses the wrench (laughs) to get the nut most of the way off but then she stabs him with scissors in the back and he takes them off and throws them and then he just rips and then he just ends up pouncing it straight through with the nut still on right just like at the Mm -hmm. end Yeesh. Full nutted. Yeah. It's the second time he got nutted. <laughs> second time he's nutted. I was like, third. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right. I kind of, and I find it really, inter- <laughs> I find it interesting that the three beggars, oh man, they interact with him before her throughout, throughout this. this obviously like the deer with him, yeah. throughout the entire thing. The deer, the fox. Yeah. It's the interesting bird. how they're ultimately trying, or at least the bird is helping him i know it kind of fucked him over in the actual foxhole mm-hmm. but like i think i don't know i i, I saw like him cawing and stuff underneath the house for him to intentionally absolutely break that one board as like him trying to help him out but i'm also very perplexed on why these creatures would inevitably try to help him instead of her why since do they she's appear anywhere they they appear when someone's gonna die was so like why Wait, what's know. their meaning? Who are do they go after a particular type of person? What what's the deal? It doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's metaphor, baby. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He stares at her. We see the anxiety shots again. Then he slams her against the wall and chokes her to death. Sets the cabin on fire and he leaves. As he passes the rotting tree, bodies appear all around him. We get well, a big wide shot. And there's... He doesn't set the cabin on fire. He kind of does like a funeral pyre outside mm-hmm. of the building. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I do also like in the choking sequence, like when he actually chokes her, we get a full all the capillaries, the all the blood vessels pop in her fucking eyeballs. So she's just got that breath like. Yeah, it's very visceral. So she did dead. Yeah, so he, he kills her. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, funeral pyre. And now he's passing the rotting tree. And we get that big wide shot again that we got the first time. And there's now bodies instead all of just limbs. Bodies. All these writhing bodies all around. Cool shot. Great. The great way job. that he's hobbling himself up that path, it was like, it's it looked like something out of like Dante's Inferno. Like it seems like that level, like he's like trenching his way out of hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, I mean, yeah, more religious imagery. I can see mm-hmm. that. Now we get epilogue. Black and white again. Same opera from earlier that plays. Uh, he's walking through the woods, finds some wild berries, eats them, sees the three beggars again. They're all chilling like, you did it. He's like, oh, what's up? Fucking probably like, because, uh, it's probably because he ate those Return berries. Return of the Jedi style. Like it's, it's Very like Return Anakin, of the Jedi style. Obi-Wan, Yoda are chilling. <laughs> I think he ate poisonous berries because he has no he has no he doesn't know anything about nature. So I figured that he just ate a bunch of shit and then started hallucinating everything past that point. My <laughs> <laughs> so arrogant, I'm sure. He's like, oh yeah, one of these ones. Ah, who fucking knows? Who cares? Fuck them all. Alright. He eats them, sees three beggars. Now he looks down a hill and he sees a fucking gang of face limbs women coming at him. And a mob of faces behind him. There's even more. And they all sort of converge on him. We don't know why. Fade to black, dedicated to Andre Tarkovsky. Title card, credits. End of movie. I have. Antichrist. Do you guys have any more thoughts before we take our break and move on? I do. No, I, no. I think this. I think we can hop right in the all crematorium. Right. Well, I got one thing before we move on. And it oh, is. Yeah. It is one thing, and that's what I wrote. The one thing I will give this movie credit for is it has done a fantastic job at making me hate it, which kind of makes me respect it more, and in turn hate it more, and so on. <laughs> oh, like a back it's the and worm forth that forever. eats itself. Yeah. Let's take that break. Crematorium of questions. Let's do it. Do it. A lot of these aren't going to apply. Ready? How would we survive? And <laughs> Christ. Um, how would we survive that? I don't even know what the Eden? Uh, who, the Eden? How, how do we women? say it? like <laughs> right? the evil that women do um, uh, fucking yeah stupid. I don't think there's an answer no answer for this <laughs> stupid yeah I mean like the only way that you'd have like if you're in his shoes in the movie like the movie <laughs> like you bang I, you bang to survive I don't know it kind of gives you the impression even if he got out of those woods he's pretty fucked up i mean like he's got a ginormous leg wound buried alive his penis is just for show at this point because it got blasted to eternity i mean it seems well and is he the uh, who's the villain we'll get to that nature right, should it be gooier um you, sure 
it Should could it be. be I mean, the, the scenes are intense I, that we you. get. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't happen very frequently. So, yeah, I mean, like, we could add, <laughs> why not? Why not uh, make a guru? Let that no, kid just splat gooier. like a water balloon during the first oh, segment. Yeah, that's it. There like you go. A splash of red, that. too. Yeah. Like, 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 all black, black and white. Oh, like a fucking, like a Sin City thing. Splash. Where it's just one, like, little. There you go. Yeah. Mm, done. I don't want it. We do. All right. <laughs> Villain level one through ten. Uh, Satan. Power level iconography. So six, six. Iconography. Six, six. I don't have a. I, who's the villain in? What's the villain in this movie? I don't know. Human Evil. nature. Chaos. I mean, if we're at, at okay, so if you take all the um, the devil spell, if it's like if she's the bad guy or she's supposed to be portrayed as the bad guy because she let her kid die and she tortured her husband, like. You're just kind of dealing with like a mentally unstable late woman, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. So she. So then, okay. So let's dumb, say, dumb. fucking. I I have no answer for this question. I'm ready to skip unless you guys have something to say. Maybe that's why I don't like this movie. We it can doesn't if fit you want to. Yeah, tiny neat boxes. Well, it's yeah. I mean, but you make a really good point because like it's kind of like wh- who, what it, what is bad? Who is bad guy? Like obviously, there's people that do terrible shit to each other in this movie, but it's like ultimately, I don't know. It, it, everyone's bad. Nature. Man. I mean, like Humanity. if we're talking like pinpointing it at nature, then like I don't know. The iconography of the nature in this movie was like pretty rad. I mean, the three beggars were kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Like. But sure, power, three beggars are but power level, I don't know, like power level would be, I guess you'd have to be specifically in the woods end in Eden. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if we're going by nature. I, I don't think we need to find an answer to this question. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm going to skip it. So unless you're trying to actually work yourself to an answer, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Does this movie deserve a sequel? And what's your sequel idea? I said no, and no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not contributing to a sequel idea. Oh man. Um, I would. Oh man. Maybe Antichrist Two: The Reckoning, where you kind of just see the pilgrimage of all these women on the top, where it's like a ginormous tree bone shrine, or it's a skeleton of Satan. What or do we like think that. they did to him? What Nothing because what Antichrist happens? two picks up immediately afterwards. Yeah, oh, okay. Antichrist two full throttle where yeah, and he, he bears runs witness. away. Yeah, finds like a fucking sweet ass hot rod. They car. start stealing cars together. Yeah, <laughs> and then fucking well, it's like yeah, it's a whole chase movie of all these women constantly chasing him. Absolutely, he's just out running them in his dope car. Right, but they're all like tricked out, and it's actually after a nuclear apocalypse, so it's kind of Mad Maxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes back to the world has been destroyed mm-hmm. it's all mad because after that's he brought on the, the apocalypse the world, but when he killed his wife yeah mm-hmm. yep all right would you buy the soundtrack or score on vinyl you want that no. sweet opera music opera playing music? <laughs> <laughs> or like rumbling woods rumbling woods yeah probably not gonna pick that sound up. engineer intestines anything action figure worthy i i could see an argument for the three beggars not oh that, sure! Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that yeah. would be like oh like a kind of like a cool um, like diorama or something like that would be kind of interesting. Good call. Um, Good call. 
Although I wouldn't want two people boning under a tree, the the limbs coming out of the rotting tree, I thought was a su- visually super cool. Like having that as like a statue. Absolutely, would be yeah. Rad. Yeah, well, you gotta have the people boning though. Yeah. So. Well, that that plugs <laughs> in or out. It's like a USB port. Is that you could plug the people I knew in? You were gonna go USB. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like so. Like the two people are removable, but when you plug them in. Yeah, Defoe just starts like <laughs> just starts pumping. Humping. <laughs> <laughs> you get those man hams just start going. slapping. It turns into a metronome. It just <laughs> consistent slapping. It actually is a metronome, yeah. and you can just oh, set perfect. it to how fast you want it to. Exactly. Be. All about what tempo you're at. What tempo you do you want your Defoe? Uh, was I dragging or a sex, rushing? Sex metronome, sextronome. Ooh. So you can sextronomes. get the tempo to sex. Yeah. You put it on when you're doing <laughs> it. Fucktronome. <laughs> Stroketronome. 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 Well, that's for right. album. That's if you're by yourself. By yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got to set my stroke to gnome <laughs> to Matt. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> you guys get it. I get it, yeah. Tap, 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 all right. All right. What merger prop would you like f- from the film? Um, the the only thing I'd be interested in it goes back to Three Beggars again. The little constellation map is kind of oh, cool. Oh yeah. I was gonna take the sliver of the clitoris. <laughs> oh. <laughs> clitoris nub. I'll take what's remaining after. I'll take the other side. <laughs> Oh my god! And the scissors to go with. I'll take yeah the scissors. Oh no, Ross gets the scissors. That way, it's like a best friends thing where we <laughs> all, all combine them. Combine them, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, I love it. Perfect shuttle. All right, perfect shuttle. Now, um, I <laughs> have something to do with the midnight show. You guys, do you guys have anything for the midnight show? You don't, I, right? Well, I have one, but you go with yours first. I have one too. What's your? Okay, uh, mine would be, I guess, one where Lars von Trier is there for a Q&A, so you can punch him in the face after. I was going to say, so that's you know everybody what everybody gets to do at the midnight showing. Do you know what you do at the midnight showing of Antichrist? Stay home. Hey. <laughs> hey. Look at us. We are on one. Um, villain. Uh, <laughs> would the villain, would nature... Actually, it's perfect for my answer. Would nature defeat Pearl from X? And I wrote... Well, what I wrote was there is no villain, but I say those raining acorns would stone her to death. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, absolutely. Like, She'd walk ah, out in the acorns. She'd be like, wait, I heard these woods are horny. Oh, and then like, walk out there and get pelted by acorns. And by acorns. Good call. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's trying to go see the fucking for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. There is fapping on this mountain. She's she's descending with all the other women at the end of the film. Oh, yeah, definitely. You'll see her. Then. Mm-hmm. All right. Special time, boys. Let's get to it. It's our ratings. Let's, uh, I Get don't know, pull it. out our scissors and <laughs> cut off our cut off our fingers and rate this movie. On this show, we use a scale of one to zero to five separate figures. Each finger is representative of quality about the movie. Uh, it's not whether this movie is good or not. It's how we feel about this movie. So let's get to it. Um, we all know that I don't like this movie, so I'd rather save mine for last mm-hmm. and go to Brian. That's fine. All right, engaging. <laughs> it's definitely gonna. Uh, it's oh, gonna fuck. get a point five. I don't have the ratings open. Way to go. Well, it's gonna get a point five for engaging. 
next uh okay sticky that's interesting because i think it's going to stick with me just because of i don't know this conversation and yeah there, there, there's imagery that i can't Unsee. i don't think i'll forget so it has to get i think a 0.5 for that t-shirtable is going to get a zero there's nothing i i mean you probably could make something cool i mean the the three beggars would be cool on a t-shirt but i don't want to wear an antichrist t-shirt around mm -hmm. i don't mm -hmm. care to wear this t-shirt cockles this did nothing for my cockles to be honest no uh not my thing 108 <laughs> sorry fixed don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing for the cockles. Rewatchable. Now, I'm going to give it a zero for rewatchable. I don't care to ever rewatch it. Just because I don't care about the movie, nothing in it is like. So I'm not like fucking boring. Exactly. That that's my thing. Like for the most part, I was bored and like I didn't care mm -hmm. to be there. Like like you said, watching at 1.5 speed would probably have been a lot better to get through this movie. So truly, and you wouldn't. I'm telling you, with the exception of a couple lines of dialogue, you want to know a difference. So it's like I don't think do yeah, the 1.5 challenge. I'm not opposed to rewatching it because of like the content or anything, or I'm so like yeah. off put by what I saw and I'm scared and or it like grossed me out or whatever. You know, it certainly scaled. did all those things, but like, well, not scare me or anything, but it's it's it was boring. So uh, that's a one for me, Brian. With the one, all right, obstacle, obstacle. Let's see where you're. All at. right, uh, engaging. Engaging is gonna get a man. Engaging is actually gonna get a one for me. Um, I was engaged the entire movie. Um, whether I wanted to or not, um, because it got so wackadoo that I was like, how is this, how, how is this going to end? Um, and weirdly enough, sticky also gets a full one. I think there's some certain scenes in this that I've never seen in other films. So, uh, good, bad or otherwise, yeah, probably <laughs> good, bad or otherwise it sticks with me because it does, it does achieve a lot of, um, I've never seen that in a movie scenes and um, those pretty. Yeah. So they'll, they'll definitely stick with me for a while. Um, T-shirtable. T-shirtable is going to have a T-shirtable is a big old goose egg. I think that's I mean, the the argument is to be made. Mm. Yes, you could hypothetically have the three beggars or have something on a T-shirt. But should it be made? Absolutely not. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd feel good about myself wearing an Antichrist T-shirt. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I am. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't know. It's just because there, there is something to me underneath it all that feels almost like mean spirited or like ugly. You know, it's not. Oh, very. Yes, it's dealing with all these like dark things, but it's also not. You don't sort of come out of it learning anything. You just kind of sit in yes, it. Yes, exactly. Kind of waft in, in it. Um, which leads right into um, to Cockles. I think there's definitely certain aspects of this movie that did get the Cockles a little bit, but I don't even know if I want to give it a 0.5 oh. to be totally honest with you. This is the only one that I'm completely Up on the fence you. where it's like, I feel maybe it gets a 0.5 for my Cockles just because there well, are... Honestly? Hmm? I was just going to say, we're so close to re-ratings, we could throw it on there for now, and you can and just nudge it off. you don't want it um, soon. 
No, because my heart's going to tell me otherwise. I'm going to leave it as a goose egg. And I think with rewatchable, rewatchable is also going to be a goose egg unless by some odd chance someone wants to go through the depression trilogy. And I, (laughs) I uh, agree to that somehow. Are you, are you following this up with melancholia and the neck? Necrophilia one and two. Uh, No, no, to be totally honest with you, I I had seen parts of melancholia and I, I got about maybe halfway through nymphomaniac volume one and was just so disinterested. It's very rare for me, even in a really bad movie for me to just stop watching. And unfortunately that was one of the movies that I got halfway through and I'm like, why the, why am I even watching this? And I believe you just completely turned it off. So, yeah, no, this movie gets a two from me. Um, I was kind of on the fence about a 2.5, but I think two is two's deserved. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Sam, yeah, come on. I mean, but and yeah, again, coming up, you can change it if you like. All right. Engaging as a big fat zero. Like you were just saying about uh, Nymphomaniac. Yeah. Um, if I did not have to watch this for the podcast, I would have turned it on, turned it off before they fucking got to Eden, I think. I um I I certainly at some point would have turned it off. I don't know when, but I am was so uninterested in what's going on that and so much other stuff I want to watch that uh yeah, I just it, mm-hmm. I I'm thoroughly unentertained by what's happening. Sticky. I, it has to get a point 0.5 because whether or not I want to or not, I, I, there are things I'm going to remember from this movie. And I do think that um, Sticky almost does play dead whether or not it's a good conversation. And I do think I, like it was, it was good to talk about. Um, t-shirtable. That's going to be zero as well, just like you guys were saying, because the... Uh, there's some cool shots, but they're not t-shirtable shots, and I hate this movie, so there's nothing going on there. And that it, I would be reaching to say something was like cool enough visually. Mm-hmm. There is, it looks nice. It's well executed. Like he knows how to put a movie together. He knows mm-hmm. how to put metaphors together. Yeah. Doesn't mean shit in the end. Um, cockles, absolutely not. Obviously, um, bored to shit. Don't like it deals with depression and grief. I've dealt but with both of those myself. Don't feel like I've felt any sort of enlightenment or interesting take on either of those topics. Um, plus all the religious stuff I don't care about. And uh, the fact that it kind of seemed like it was like women are, women are evil. <laughs> so mm-hmm. all that combined to a zero. And lastly, of course, I'm never going to watch this again. Um, I kind of hate it. So 0.5, that feels just fine. Ooh. It wouldn't feel right giving it a zero. I agree. So Or a one. So a 0.5 feels right. I mean, re-rate me. mine might go down. Just like I kind of agree with what you said about engagement. I think the only reason I stayed with it is because we had to watch it. Like I wouldn't right. have cared otherwise. I was bored. So yeah. like, but I guess I gave it the point five for because I guess when you know, I was engaged when I was watching the weird shit that was happening. 
So maybe mm-hmm. it deserves that 0.5 because it was visually engaging. I don't fucking know. Re-rates are coming up for sure. But that gives right. it a 1.2 as our turtle our turtle scale score. Is that our score. Lowest? That's a fucking turtle if I've ever heard of one. Uh, close to it. That is a goddamn it. turtle. <laughs> it's going to be... No. So right below it, <laughs> Halloween ends and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation sit below it at a 1%. Wow. But those are the only two that are below Antichrist for right now. Which so if this this has the potential to go down and probably match up with those, if I re-rate it oh, or yeah. Frost yeah, yeah. changes. And anyway. honestly, if I ever revisit Halloween Ends, I could see it going up from my score. I there's no way I'm gonna go higher on Next Generation. I know that. Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> or this yeah. movie. I so, mean, yeah, realistically, Ross, missed it. It's a 1.2 collective with only Next Generation and Halloween Ends ranking below it. Wow. I mean, yeah, that reads. Curtains and cheap thrills are just above it. (laughs) And Murder Party. Oh, God. (laughs) Murder Party, I got to give more credit to, I think. That'll go up in re-ratings. I'm not going to watch it again, but I gave it a one. It's not that bad. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Uh, Anyway, that's what we have to say. What does the club have to say? Mm -hmm. We only had one. It was T-Boo, one of the people who suggested it. I think... uh, I think the Wiji Cajon suggested it first and Tibu seconded it. Seconded it? He says, engaging one, sticky one, t-shirtable one, cockles one, rewatchable zero, it's a 10. So I think all of us disagree there, but I, it's for film nerds and edgelords. You're either saying you like it because you want to be cool or you are just like, you like art house junk this actually funnily enough i saw robbie banfitch shared that there was a list of art house horror movies to show your friends to make them mad mm-hmm. and number four was the outwaters that's why nice. he shared it which was one of uh, brian's favorites of the year i know and then um number one though was this and i was like oh great we just fucking picked this for, or like took this as the patron yeah. suggestion now but, we gotta i do mean it. like i don't know not to play devil's I, not to play anti-crisis advocate is that like, but I can understand why, because I, I have a, a bunch of buddies that love this movie. You know what I mean? And I can see sure. why I, you would like this movie. I just, I feel like for for the reasons they enjoy it, it's the reasons I don't enjoy it. It feels too pretentious for me. Yeah. It's very, I would say it's very pretentious. And I don't have a problem and with that if it's like presented well enough, neither. but I feel like there's no Same. substance to the pretentiousness. Right. Yeah. It's glib. It's glib. <laughs> Which also, though, I think maybe the director knows that. Like, he almost has this sense of, like, yeah, I'm just doing this to get a rise out of people, which in some ways I respect. But for some reason, it's the the tone of this, the vibe of this that I don't, that turns me off for it. Where mm-hmm. other times I'm fine with people doing something just to piss people off. <laughs> um, sure. But not this one. And I think that people liking it you said you had buddies that liked it there was a point i was going to touch on with that stop being friends with um, them no oh there i don't see anything to like about this movie i do think there is a lot to discuss about this movie i think there's you you could talk a lot about this movie and what's happening in it i don't think that equates to being good <laughs> sure agree i think we had a good conversation about this but gave it a low score so Mm-hmm. hypothesis i'm glad we confirmed. all agree i was afraid one of us was gonna be like a four or something <laughs> <laughs> all right 
the time has come. Steal your nerves and sharpen your wit. It's time for the final thingy. So I was kind of inspired by you, Ross. I liked what you did with Hell House LLC. So instead of asking uh, ChatGBT, I want to know what setting do you find the most scary? Like she found Eden the most scary. It can be real or made up. It could be something you'd never find yourself in. I think for me, it's like an all black space or I think that the biggest sense of uh, something scary for me is the unknown. So like in a space where like you have to move through it without knowing what you're moving through or coming up against Mm -hmm. sort of an all blackness, but even just standing still doesn't bother me so much as like having to travel through darkness is like the scariest environment. I can. No, I totally get that. I mean, oh man, that's a good one. I would probably say I'm not afraid of the woods. I know Brian doesn't like deep water. Sorry. No, you see what's weird is that I would say I'm kind of on the same thing as Brian. Is that like, I think a vast ocean, I think for me, like my fear is from something that we're innately not qualified for. So that's why like sci-fi gets to me because like outside of a spaceship is literally no oxygen. Mm. Like it would just kill you immediately. Same thing with like a body, large bodies of water where it's like, unless there's a shoreline, like inevitably you will right. succumb to that. You I know, like that to me is glossophobia. Yeah. I mean, although, I mean, obviously like I did swimming for most of my teenage life and stuff like that. I yeah. enjoy swimming. Rosted water polo. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I I enjoy Everybody. water. I think it's just, do you know what? It's just too much of a good thing. Large, like a swimming so pool. Cool. I just Googled it. Thalassophobia is an intense phobia or fear of large or deep water. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you have to have those caveats in there. It's not like you were saying, like, a swimming pool is okay. The ocean is scary. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I think it's like, but the same thing, to me, it's the exact same as space. Because it's like you're just floating out there. The final frontier. Exactly. I concur. I'd love to go to space. I'd rather go to space than go in a submarine. Same. Mm-hmm. That's for another day. <laughs> Brian, do you have an answer? I concur with Ross. <laughs> oh, great. Good. Oh, here. I just found a new one. Megalohydrothalassophobia. What? Is a fear of large underwater creatures or objects. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's like, I'm not afraid of big water, but I'm afraid of a big animal. In yes. it. <laughs> Great. And with that, that sums it up. I would like to say thank you if you made it this far. Thanks for hanging in there. I hope you had a good time. I know we had a good time. That does it for us. You can follow Chuddle the Pod on Instagram and Slasher if you want to stay up to date on what we're doing. See us post our scores, score meter. It's a lot of stuff from this. It's all show-centric. Follow at Ross Purvis on Instagram if you want to see his tattoos. E. And if you're in the central Florida area, you could even get a tattoo by him. By him, I think that would be very cool of you to do. You can follow me on Letterboxd at, at Chuddle the Sam. Actually, Brian's a little more active on there, so I'll shout him out on this episode at least at Chuddle the Brian on Letterboxd. Do it. And if you really Don't want to talk me. to Brian or me, um, get in the Discord. That's where always doing stuff in there. Ross pops in from time to time, or as Roos as we like to call him in there. Uh, just to make Roos. it easy, all that stuff, you can find it in the show notes if you're interested. Uh, great thing. If you made it this far, you must have enjoyed it, so please tell friend anybody you think that might like us about it would really help us. Word of mouth helps the most. Rate it on the apps. That is great. You can do that right now. That'll only take a second. Um, but what would really, really help 
uh, grow the show is to spread it through word of mouth. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, avoid the time loop.